Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wild. Eliza and Wild creates all-natural, high-potency CBD products designed to give you targeted, everyday self-care inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all-natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you and for the earth. And y'all, Eliza and Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all. And everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily, and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products, including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're going to love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at elizaandwild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's elizaandwild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. Hey there, my name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, welcome to this week's episode. Today we've got a question submitted by one of you, which you know I always love. And it's about something super interesting, self-sabotage. And so the letter I'm going to answer today says, self-sabotage is what I personally battle with. After years of therapy and lots of self-work, I'm realizing that I tend to self-sabotage my weight loss or health with binging, negative self-talk, etc. My underlying shadow is that I'm not worthy, so why bother? I'm working so hard with being consistent with my healthy habits and positive self-talk, but I'm curious if you've talked about this or would consider doing an episode on it. Okay, so yes, we're doing an episode on it. Um, This topic is really interesting to me. It's been interesting to sit with and think about. And I think this definitely doesn't just apply to things like weight loss or health, right? Like this can obviously literally be applied to any goal that you're working toward, anything that's important to you that you're pursuing. Um, But I think this experience, this is so, so common. I think a lot of us have had that feeling 
of, you know, self-sabotaging when we're pursuing something that feels important to us, whatever that is. And the way I see it, there are three primary reasons or kind of buckets of reasons, themes of reasons that we self-sabotage. So I'm going to talk about each of them. And the first is a lack of or a disconnection from your self-worth. So I'll say that again. A lack of or a disconnection from your self-worth. Surprise, I'm talking about self-worth. I think this, you know, this letter writer gets at this a little bit, actually. So she identifies something really good, I think, when she references what she calls her underlying shadow, right? This voice that is telling her that she's not worthy, so why bother pursuing her goals, which in her case are um, weight loss and health, right? And what this is, really, is an underlying core belief about ourselves that we don't deserve what we're pursuing. Literally for her, it's I'm not worthy. Or that we aren't capable of achieving what we want to achieve or of feeling the way that we want to feel. And, you know, this is that, you know, it shows up like that inner critic voice in the back of your head that says to you constantly, you know, whenever you're approaching kind of an audacious goal or something that, you know, you really want to work towards but seems like a big step, it's the voice that says, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to want this? Who do you think you are to believe that you could do this? It's that seed of doubt. And, you know, the reality is that if you don't believe you deserve something, if you don't believe you are inherently deserving of something, then why are you going to then put the energy and the investment into pursuing it? You know, if you don't believe that you're worthy of it, you know, why do you think that you're then capable of achieving it? It kind of like cuts those things off at the pass, right? And I used to run into this a lot with clients. And I mean, I still do, but especially when I first started out as a coach and I was coaching primarily around issues of, you know, organization or of time management. That's what folks came to me for. And people would come to me and they would say, you know, Aubrey, I need your coaching. I just can't get organized to do this thing that I want to do. No matter what I do, I just can't seem to make it happen. Help me get my shit together. And, you know, in working with clients, when we really went deep, right, my, you know, in my coaching, I want to really get to know somebody and kind of like peel those layers back. And so when we when we peel back all the many layers to what this person is going through, what they're experiencing, what was consistently underneath that for most all of these clients, what was consistently underneath that is one kind of common theme, which is a difficulty with self-worth. So it's either a lack of it, right? Like, I don't believe I'm worthy. It's a lack of the self-worth, just not having it at all. Or it's a disconnection from it. It's a, you know, I'm not sure. Who am I to ask for this? Oh, like this, you know, feels like a big step to actually pursue something that I want to do. A disconnection from self-worth. And so, you know, this is ultimately why I coach on self-worth now specifically. Because, you know, I found that it was underneath so many things. It's underneath everything. I mean, the beliefs we have about ourselves what we truly believe that we deserve or don't deserve, how we show up in our relationships, how we show up in our work, in our creative pursuits, all of it, it's all informed by self-worth. It's kind of the foundation of everything. So that's why I coach on that primarily now. Um, But all that is to say, in a lot of cases, when you feel like you're consistently self-sabotaging, 
when you feel like this is happening to you a lot, it's happening over and over, you need to look at the self-worth piece. You know, and you can do this by asking yourself, what is the story I'm telling myself here around this? You know, as I keep self-sabotaging, as I look at this goal in front of me, what's the story I'm telling myself? What are my beliefs about myself and my ability to meet this goal or my worthiness to meet this goal or obtain this thing that I want or this outcome that I want or this feeling that I want, right? It's peeling back all the way down to those root foundational beliefs about ourselves and what those are telling you and how they're then informing your actions. So that's the first reason, the self-worth piece. And then the second reason that I think people self-sabotage is that we are trying to shortcut failure or disappointment. We're trying to shortcut failure or disappointment. And so we don't, nobody likes to feel disappointed. I don't think there's anybody who enjoys the experience of disappointment, right? We don't like it. That's normal, and that makes sense. And it's natural that we would want to avoid it, that we would do anything to avoid being disappointed. There are people who, you know, will say, I expect nothing from other people because then that helps me to not feel disappointed. I talk in other episodes and in other places in my life about disappointment. So that's another topic that I will go into on a more surface level here. But there are other places you can read more of my thoughts on disappointment and how we handle it. But I think one way that we do this, that we avoid disappointment because we are so afraid of that feeling, that overwhelming feeling of disappointment that goes kind of hand in hand. It's like siblings with rejection, right? Something we do to avoid it and how it shows up in this self-sabotage context is that we kind of take shortcuts to failure to avoid disappointment. Or rather that, you know, we shortcut to failure to avoid getting disappointed. So you know, if we have control or if we feel like we have control over failing at something, right, or if we exert control in, you know, the thing we're pursuing not going the way we want it to go, we tell ourselves that's going to be less painful. So, you know, if I try really hard and pursue something and I don't get there, even though I tried really hard, then you can see how, you know, I could tell myself, well, you know, like, I just won't try as hard because I won't then I won't get as invested or like mm, if I feel myself getting too attached to the outcome I'll just let me just like get the failure over with I think I might fail anyway and that would really suck right and so we we do what we feel like is in our control to kind of take a shortcut we think we're going to be disappointed anyway we think we're going to fail anyway so we take a shortcut to get there and it's it, it stops us from trying earnestly, right? And there's this, I've been talking a lot with my wife about this, this idea of earnestness and like showing up to life in general in a very earnest way and stating how you really feel and kind of like putting your enthusiasm out there. And I think a lot of people are afraid of approaching life and things we really want with an earnestness because it feels like that's going to set us up for massive disappointment or that if we are if we are disappointed there's like an added kind of like humiliation factor to that and i think this becomes especially true if you find yourself sabotaging in something that is very public so like i talk to clients who are working toward kind of opening their own business or like starting a venture of some kind or starting a podcast or writing a book or whatever and 
you know, the, the way they'll talk about it is kind of to undermine it a little bit. Like, oh, it's just like this little project. It's probably going to be nothing. And you see how that that has that effect of kind of like the shortcut to it being nothing, right? Like if I just, if I state like, mm, I'm not that invested or like, you know, it's probably going to fail so that if it eventually does fail, it's like, well, at least I predicted it. And the story that we tell ourselves here is that like we're skipping right to the failure because we can then skip over the disappointment that comes with the failure, right? That if I like predict the failure, if I am able to, you know, kind of like prophesy it a little bit, then I, you know, don't have to actually feel the disappointment that comes with it because at least I won't be surprised. And I think, you know, I get this impulse, but ultimately it's still going to feel disappointing. The reason that you set out to pursue any goal or anything that you're trying to work toward, so in the case of this person, you're pursuing health, presumably for a reason that's really important to you. You know, this is something that matters to you and you're working towards it. You say you're working really hard. You're building healthy habits. You're doing that because it matters to you. And so, yeah, if you're going to be struggling to get there, you're going to feel disappointed. That's kind of like the counterbalance to like actually wanting things and being invested. And the thing is that we try to skip disappointment, thinking that we can skip disappointment, but not also skip over all of the good shit that comes from working toward a goal. We think we can skip over disappointment and not also skip over the joy and the fulfillment and the excitement that comes with working toward a goal. And I think there's a piece of this that's like accepting that disappointment is part of a process of working toward a goal and not letting that stop you from pursuing things that are important to you, right? Like not saying, oh, if I could be disappointed, I'm just not going to do it because then you're just never going to be able to do anything. You know, even if you are able to, you know, predict your failure and feel like that allows you some kind of control over over failing or over your disappointment, I have bad news for you. I, I believe you're still going to be disappointed if you're not achieving the goal or the outcome you're looking for. It still fucking sucks. It hurts. And it's literally, it's why this person is writing to me is because even if we feel like we are self-sabotaging, like we are having control over, this is not somebody else is sabotaging me. This is not, you know, the circumstances of the universe are sabotaging me. This is like acknowledgement. I'm self-sabotaging. That means I'm doing it. I feel like I am doing it. And if it is in any way to avoid disappointment, it's still going to hurt. You're still going to feel disappointment. And so I think the thing to remember here is that you know, you might be inclined to do this kind of self-sabotaging action to avoid the pain of disappointment. And that's understandable. Whether we're conscious of it or not, I think we're we're afraid of being disappointed. And so then it feels easier to kind of just like cut yourself off at the pass versus, you know, giving it your all and trying your hardest and being earnest in your efforts And there's always the possibility that you could put yourself completely into it and you could still fail. And so there's the fear of like, can I, can I handle that? What if I put myself fully into this, all of these efforts, and I still fail? What will that mean about me? And so that's the digging to do, right, with this one. What if it does happen? What would that mean about me? 
And so that was number two. I think the last of these three sort of big reasons that we self-sabotage is a lack of self-forgiveness and bounce back. Okay, lack of self-forgiveness and bounce back. And so like, you know, the stuff we've already talked about, I do really think that a ton of what is behind this for people are these sort of limiting beliefs about ourselves or, you know, we don't think we deserve what we're going for. We're afraid we're going to be let down if we don't get there. But I also do think a huge part of this phenomenon of self-sabotage is that we are prone to perceiving like little slip ups or small steps backward as full and total implosion of the goal we're working toward. Okay, so that if we slip up once or twice, that we have fully failed and sabotaged ourselves and that it's over. And I really don't think that it has to be that way. I think that where this comes up is like we conceptualize working toward a goal as like a very linear process. And I think the bigger the goal, the less true that is. And something like lifelong health and pursuing health habits is such a huge goal. And it's a goal that you're going to be working on forever. Like I don't I don't think there's like a being done with achieving holistic health and wellness for yourself. Um, and, you know, we're talking about all kinds of goals here, but I think the bigger the goal the more pervasive in your life the goal or the change that you're looking to make, the less linear your process is going to be. And so like imagine that I have, we'll use a smaller range one, but imagine that I have a goal of reading like a huge book, like a thousand page book. I haven't read a, I haven't read a book longer than a couple of hundred pages in a while. So that is even just saying that out loud is kind of outrageous. But imagine that I'm trying to read a huge book. I'm like, I want to read this book. I want to read it by this date. And so I decide that in order to do that, I'm going to read 25 pages each night until it's done. Okay. Manageable chunks, which also is an important part of goal setting, right? Breaking it into manageable pieces, figuring out the how of how you're going to do it. That's a whole nother podcast episode. Um, But let's say I've got this goal. I've got my steps. Okay. I'm doing really well. I'm reading 25 pages a night. And then I skip my reading one night. I'm too tired. I fall asleep. I don't do it. I have a shitty night. I forget to do it. I have a shitty night and I decide not to do it. Okay. I skip my reading one night or two nights. What do I make that mean for me and for this goal is the question here. And like apply this literally to whatever you personally are working towards. So think about this and hopefully you've been thinking about this entire framework, but think about this. I would invite you to imagine and insert kind of your own goal, whatever it is you're working toward right now, something that you are working on, a goal you're pursuing, you know, habits you're trying to develop, whatever goal or dream you are working toward, apply this to that because you're going to have a small moment of backsliding probably or of slipping up. That just is the nature of working toward a goal. And if we are perfectionists, if you're like me and you're a perfectionist, or if you, you know, have trouble in general practicing self-forgiveness, especially, which I feel like many of my friends who listen to this podcast struggle with self-forgiveness, it's also tied up in self-worth, you know, if we have trouble with these things, then we can view a totally normal and healthy moment of lapse or of kind of relaxing into an old pattern Things that are a normal part of a process of working toward a goal, we can view them as a complete fucking disaster. 
you know, we can view this as like, I've ruined it. I, I fucked up and it's done. It's over. And I guess what I'm saying is that we actually have a choice in how we frame that moment and how we think about it. That you can choose to experience that. You can choose to experience whatever your version is of skipping your 25 pages of reading for one night, two nights. You can choose to experience that as self-sabotage. Sure. You can say, I've self-sabotaged in my goal. Or you can, I mean, you could choose to experience it as failure in your goal. But what I'd also invite you to do, or what I'd instead invite you to do, is to just view that as a normal part of a bigger process. And not one that you want to repeat over and over. And maybe if, you know, you completely abandon a goal for like a much longer period of time, that becomes a different conversation. But understanding that a part of working toward any goal is going to be to have moments when you're not on a linear path, when you're not pursuing that perfectly. And that we can forgive ourselves, right, for being human (laughs) and understand that progress is messy and it's kind of all over the place, that it's not a continuous, linear, smooth process most of the time. I feel like I'm imagining one of those like graphics that's like what you expect your progress to look like and it's just like a, like a straight line upward and then it's like what progress actually looks like and it's like a squiggly line that like dips up and down and all over the place and backwards and that's really true. You know, believing that even if you have a day where you don't make the progress you want to make or even if your progress is, is going backwards, if you have a day where you're regressing, right, that you take a day off that that doesn't have to mean that you're self-sabotaging. That doesn't have to mean that you've ruined all your progress or that it's all gone to shit. And a lot of that, too, is in the story that we're telling ourselves. So much of this is, is simply stories that we are telling ourselves. And that's not to say that flippantly. Those things are powerful and they're deeply rooted. But it's a story you're telling yourself. And because of that, that means that there is also power that you have to change that story, right? So, okay, to recap, the reasons that we self-sabotage. So one is a lack of or a disconnection from our self-worth. Two is an, an attempt to shortcut failure or disappointment. And three is a lack of self-forgiveness and bounce back. And so what do we then do about this, right? I think for me, and I've started to touch on this a little bit, but the most helpful thing really that you can do is to ask yourself questions when this thinking comes up. So, you know, the person who wrote to me is recognizing that she's self-sabotaging. She's recognizing and able to name an experience of self-sabotage. And for her, it kind of falls into category one. It's the I'm not worthy. It's this negative self-talk, all of that. So the most powerful thing you can do, and I think this goes you know, across the board for all three of these is asking yourself questions. So asking yourself about the goal, clarifying what is it that I want to accomplish, naming it, getting super clear on it. What is it that I want to accomplish? How do I want to feel when I accomplish this, right? Some say that, you know, the goal is actually, the goal itself is actually often less important than the feeling that we attach to it, the desired feeling that we're that we're seeking out. That's Danielle Laporte, who's amazing. Um, But thinking about not just the goal, not just the end game of like, I want to 
lose weight or I want to get healthy, but like what are the feelings that come with that for you? And then in thinking about that outcome, do I believe that I deserve that? Do I believe that I'm worthy of that? Do I believe that I'm able to accomplish that? Do I believe that I have what it takes to get there? Do I believe that I'm actually capable of getting there? And then thinking about, okay, what if I try? What if I begin to pursue this goal and I'm unable to meet it? I'm not able to do it. I fail. What would that mean about me? What am, I, what am I worried about or afraid of if I pursue this goal and fail? That could be, you know, what am I worried about people thinking of me? Am I worried about being embarrassed, being humiliated? Am I worried about, you know, the way it'll make me feel about myself? And then in the moments when you aren't making the progress you want to make, in the moments that you have a slip up that you you know, are kind of regressing a bit in your progress, asking yourself, okay, I slipped up, I regressed. Is all of my progress actually lost? Where does this leave me in the broader picture, going from where I began to what my end goal is? And is it possible that this is just part of that bigger growth process? I think so much of this is self-reflection. It's that, you know, peeling back of the layers of the onion that I feel like I speak so much about, right? It's literally asking yourself questions. And where you have that inner critic voice, it's responding to it. It's having an actual conversation where we're kind of uncovering that why that is underneath everything, right? Getting down to kind of like the foundational root core beliefs about ourselves, the why. And then instead of, you know, beating yourself up for the self-sabotaging, instead of the like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, I always do this. It's not approaching it in that way of like self-punishment, right? Or being pissed off at ourselves that we're doing this. The thing that unlocks it, I think, is that you're asking yourself those questions from a place of curiosity because you're then able to go in there and nurture the part of yourself that is afraid, You're nurturing the part of yourself that is afraid. Because that's ultimately what's under all of this, right? We're afraid. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid we're not worthy. We're afraid we can't do it, that we we aren't capable of feeling what we want to feel, of doing what we want to do, of accomplishing what we want to accomplish. We're afraid that we've failed ourselves already. We're afraid that we'll never get there. But if you're willing to dig a little bit deeper and then offer yourself compassion for what's actually under there, I believe that can be the antidote for that fear. And even if it doesn't cure it completely, I think the fear, you know, can still live there, but it can at least soothe it. You know, we can nurture ourselves to the point that we're soothing it enough that you can move forward that you can acknowledge that that piece of yourself is there and that that's going to come up for you and that that doesn't have to foil you at every turn in accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. So I really hope that helps. And just a heads up, 
I am actually going to take next week off from the podcast. So you won't have a new episode from me on Monday, July 6th, but I will be back on Monday, July 13th. Almost couldn't say the word 13th. That's how you know I need to take a break. So we'll be back on Monday, July 13th with a new episode for you. Have a great two weeks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.